Thanks for joining us for this podcast. I invite you to visit our website, churchatwellington.com, where you can find more information. If you're in the Little Rock area, our church is located just off Chanel Parkway on Wellington Village Road. We would love to meet you and have you come to worship with us. Enjoy this message. Father, we come before you today. And Lord, we just simply turn over ourselves to you. Lord, in these next few moments, we're, we're going to hear some of the things that you've done. Father, we're going to hear some of the reports of the, the blessings, God, the miracles that have, that have taken place. Father, also, we're going to hear your word, and, and Father, your word always requires us to respond. So I'd ask very simply, Lord, over these next few moments that you would grab a hold of our hearts. Father, that you'd get a hold of us down deep inside. Father, do not allow us to leave this building the same. Father, but draw us closer into you. Father, we came here to meet with you. Now change our lives forever. We ask it today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Um, Ms. Dana, hang on just a second before you leave with the kids, okay? You can be seated if you like. Thanks, guys, very much. Um, one quick announcement that we forgot, the ladies are going to go and work at the food pantry, um, March the 9th, March the 9th. Is, who, is somebody in charge of that? Okay, uh, if you can come, let Megan know or let one of us know, and then uh, um, we'll make sure uh, we kind of know how many uh, uh, ladies are going. Um, real quick, before we, uh, before we let the kids go, I want to hear some testimonies of what God has done. And maybe, maybe last week, maybe in those last three weeks. We, uh, we took a little bit of time last week, uh, um, but there are some miracles that took place around here. And uh, Ms. Dana, I stopped you because I want to hear yours right out, right out loud. Uh, Brock, could you help me out? Ms. Dana's first. This is coerced. I know she loves talking in front of a lot of people. Well, I've been dealing with plantar fasciitis and heel spurs for years. And so I've been to the doctor. Uh, I was at the point, they've, the last time I went to the doctor, they said my bands were so thick that the next thing was surgery, and I said, I'm not doing surgery. He said he could actually cut my nerves while I wouldn't feel the, feel the pain in my feet anymore, and I was like, that's not an option for me. I bought expensive shoes. I've bought expensive um, inserts, and my feet still hurt. It just wasn't helping, and so when Pastor Joe had mentioned, or Pastor Perry had mentioned, come up if you had a chronic illness, I thought, well, this has been bothering me for years, and so I'm going to go get healed. I mean, I just felt the power of God just come over me. And of course, I started jumping and everything because, I mean, it was just, I couldn't control it. And that's not me. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And so, um, so then God told me to go throw my shoes away. So when I got home, I threw my shoes away. And then uh, I started feeling a little pain in my heel, and I was like, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. Satan, you're a liar. And every time I'd feel a little twinge from Satan, I would say that. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. And I've done. I'm healed. I can wear my own shoes. I don't have to wear those thick shoes. And 
I soak my feet and roll them on ice. I mean, it's done. I'm healed. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Who else? Cheyenne. Are you back here? I may cry. I'm kind of emotional today. Um, my heart feels a lot lighter. I do feel like y'all can call him the enemy. I call him the dang devil. I do feel like he's trying to get to me again because I, I, do, I am having nightmares, but I just wake up and I look at my daughter or I think about my daughter. But I do feel like not so angry. And I know this sounds stupid, but I pray to be more motivated to exercise because it's a huge stress reliever. And I have been. I've been having the energy and the ambition and the motivation to not just study my Bible, but to exercise as well. And it's funny because Ava <laughs> does it with me. So, um, and I know it's where I know God is working with me because I also can tell that it's making the devil scared because, <laughs> um, I just feel God more in my heart. So. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Who else? Miss Tammy. I think it's so cool when God does things we don't expect through the fast. And um, he, it was a wonderful fast for me. But last week when Brother Perry prayed for people with chronic condition, you know, a couple years ago I was diagnosed as a diabetic. And I was prayed for, and I, like Dana, felt like I should go home and not take my medicine anymore. So this week I have had no medicines at all. My sugars are completely normal. And uh, the doctor even approved it. And I praise God for that. Amen. Somebody else? Any, with Cliff, yeah. Oh, Sister Juanita? I think she's first. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Joe, mine's an ongoing testimony. I've been praying for this cancer on my face, and I go Wednesday for the surgery, and I'm believing God that I won't have to go through six biopsies to find the results. And this is like number 10 for me on my face, and the last time I almost destroyed my nose. But God's, God's been with me through each one. So this time I'm praying that even if I just have to have one more surgery, it will be one and not eight hours, and then got to go for reconstruction. So it's up to God, and I'm believing him for a miracle for me this week. Amen. 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 Yeah. Uh, I know, Pastor Joe, when you we started the 21-day th fast, you said that we're not going to all wait to the end of the th 21 days for healing. There's going to be some be healed during the fast. Uh, I was up in Batesville driving, and uh, I have just one physical problem that shows up from every now and then. It's very painful. It's very, it's very, uh, you just can't, you know, you can't deal with it. It's just so painful. So anyway, I, that came on, and I still had five hours to drive. And so I just said, Lord, I said, you know, I believe what Pastor Joe said about we're going to have healings now. And so uh, within about 10 minutes, the pain was gone. It usually lasts hours. It's gone. And so I was, I was just, just praising for it. And, and, you know, and people think, you know, God really says talk to you. Yes, he's, he told me that I, that I wasn't drinking enough water, that I need to drink water, and I wouldn't have that problem anymore. So I've been drinking more water, and I haven't had that problem anymore. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Mike? Yeah. Uh, I didn't come down last week for the healings. But my, I've had a chronic um, 
neck thing from work. And I was sitting there in this pew today, and I was like, this is, this is done. I'm done with this. And I prayed while we were singing the songs. And um, I mean, it's, I don't, I can, it doesn't hurt anymore. It happened right here, right today, right just now. Um, I came down last week because I wake up multiple times a night or multiple times a week because I have really bad leg cramps and I haven't had one since last Sunday and I haven't had any pain or anything. Wow. Anyone else? So something I had been praying about during the fast, like for myself, was that um, I'd really be able to be used at Abundant Life, and there's a lot of changes going on within the school, um, and it really needs a spiritual awakening. The kids need it. A lot of the teachers need it. Um, but on Tuesday, they came in and randomly asked me to start sitting in on the advisors, uh, the like the head, the four people who are the head of the school, asked me to come start sitting in on their meetings all the time. So now I have a say in everything that happens at the school with the top administration. Amen. Amen. Someone else? Anyone else? Um, Yesterday, Meg and I were working out in the garage trying to clean up and get some stuff done, and uh, all the kids were out in the yard playing and on the sidewalk. And uh, Vashti has been very, she's scared to, like, walk on anything on an incline. And, uh, well, she mastered that. And... (laughs) She's uh, mastered walking through the grass. She mastered, found her, what, three houses down on the sidewalk. <laughs> we, we we prayed for her to walk, but, <laughs> Pastor, she's walking uh, too far. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I give God the, the glory on that. He's uh, She's been doing awesome. She's just been running around, and uh, I, I give God the glory for that. Uh, one last thing, uh, I was, Megan ended up having to take off, uh, earlier this week, and um, I had dropped kids off at, at uh, Pediatrics Plus, and uh, one of the nurses grabbed me and uh, said, hey, I need to talk to you about something about my son, and uh, anyway, it's more job-related than uh, spiritual-related, but we ended up turning it into a spiritual matter, and she asked me for her to pray for her and her kid, and so I was able to, we, we prayed for probably three or four minutes, just uh, let the Holy Spirit rain down on her, and uh, it was it was really cool. So, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing. I think it is vitally important for us to share what God is doing. It builds up the faith uh, of each other, and and it it helps us to believe. Um, that mostly talking about the the school, I. Every seven years, um, the private schools have to go through a accreditation um, process, which uh, it, it's not the same as the public schools, but it's, it's, it is incredibly involved. And uh, um, uh, they, I was assigned, <clears throat> assigned, not asked, I was assigned to be on the um, curriculum committee for the Bible classes. And it's me and the guy that's over it. And um, I had a conversation with one of the teachers who was very involved in uh, in the, I guess, management level, if you can call it that, at the school. And uh, she said, I, I specifically ask that you be on it because she is what I call a closet Pentecostal. 
she believes in, in being filled with the Holy Spirit, the speaking in tongues and all that, but she don't want to let anyone know because she goes to a Baptist church. Okay, and she likes her church. She just doesn't want to be thrown out of her church. Um, but she said, we need more Pentecostals because you guys, talking about you guys, bring spirit where there is no spirit. A few years ago when Melanie was leading worship, um, I walked into the, uh, the, the teacher workroom where there was a bunch of the teachers gathered and the principal was standing there and, and he started going on and on about Melanie's leading worship. And uh, um, it, this other teacher is sitting in there, by the way. And he, keep, he gets to this place where he's talking about it. He goes, something different about it. He said, it's just, it just feels different when, when she's up there starting to sing. It just, there's something about it. It just feels different. And I'm, I'm wanting to go, you know, I know what the difference is. Um, you know, I believe, guys, that we should be full of the Holy Spirit. Not just so that we can speak in tongues sometimes. I believe that, okay, Miss Dane, if you want to, you want to go with your kitties, that would be great. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to, to cut into your lesson time, but uh, um, we wanted to hear this story. So kitties, you can follow Miss Dana. She is otherwise known as the Pied Piper. Not calling your children little rats. I think the dinosaur just growled at me. I'm not sure. But... Uh, Eli came up to me and announced yesterday, last Sunday that he was a dino. He growled at me and said, I'm a dino, Arr! and he ran off. It's, yes, sir. He, he makes a good dinosaur. He's, he's great at it. But I, I believe that our fullness of spirit should be obvious to those that are around us. I believe that our belief should make a real difference in our lives. But I also believe this, that, that our belief is, and the, the word that I've been using this year is positional. It is um, specifically tied to our position before God. How much we can believe is how much we're, we are right in front of God. Does that mean we're sitting at, the, at, the, uh, at his toes in front of the throne and that we're that close? Not necessarily, but as long as we are oriented toward him and moving toward him, it, it benefits our capacity to believe. It's a process that will carry us into eternity. When we turn our face away from him, that's when our belief starts to fail. And it's simple things that, that make a huge difference. I believe God touched me. I believe God is changing my life. I believe, and, and it's tied to your capacity to believe in God. It's that simple. Let me take you on a quick journey. Now, this is one of those sermons that's probably more lesson-oriented than, than whoop, whoop, let's run the pews and hang from the chandeliers. Being how we don't have no chandeliers. Um, I, the bad grammar on purpose. Um, so follow along with me, but, but look at this. Today we start um, the, a month. This is this, it's Valentine's Day here in a couple of weeks, kids, right? Guys, ladies already remember that, guys. So um, believe the love is going to be our theme for the month because we're, we're following this theme of believe uh, through the whole year. So believe the love. 
Let me hit you with just a couple of details, several verses here, and if you'll, if you'll hang on, we'll eventually get to the end of this. Now, if you're following on your phone, if you like to take notes on your phone or your tablet, you go to YouVersion Bible app, and you'll find these notes on there. Okay, um, I was supposed to send that out on Facebook, the, the uh, connection with that, and um, Alan, somehow my copy-paste thing totally failed, and so it's not there. If you look for it on Facebook, the link, it's not there. So you go on, you find event, and you'll find this, uh, this morning's sermon on there, uh, the, at least the scriptures and stuff. So the, I want to start with the motivation, because we're, t- we're talking about love, the motivation for this love. John 3.16 is the obvious place that we have to start. You'll hear this verse all month long, for God so loved the world. You know the rest of it. You've heard that verse over and over and over again. But the motivation for God. Now, I'm going I'm to take you on a quick, fast journey um, from Genesis, and we're going to get all the way to today eventually, okay? But the motivation for everything that I'm going to speak about is God's love toward us and then how it changes us. In Corinthians, Paul puts it this way. Um, now, abide uh, faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Absolutely. Why? Why is it that God set this system up like this? Guys, we are made to be um, emotional creatures. Some of us are more outwardly emotional than others. Amen? But <laughs> like Miss Dana, she said, I was jumping, I just couldn't help it. That's not me, okay? Miss um, Dana is one of the most people that I know, okay? She's just even killed now. I don't know, uh, Michael, if that's different at the house or not. That it's just, I mean, it's just like um, she doesn't get really depressed, but she also doesn't get you know, where she's jumping up and down. That's just not her. She just, she's there all the time. I don't know how anyone can deal with those children like that and not be on the, the post office wall. I don't understand that. Um, what was it? Uh, um, I think uh, Keith said something about uh, during the Christmas play. He said, if I were back here doing this, this would look a lot different and there would be less children. Something along those lines, okay? Some of us are not made to deal with these. And it just doesn't rattle her. I mean, she's teaching her lesson. The kids are climbing up the curtains and she grabs them and sets them down. And, and she goes on like nothing ever happens. She's sitting in the floor with them. I watched her at the manger scene when the kids were uh, pulling the hay out of baby Jesus' manger and uh, um, someone was whacking him and Vashti was mad about somebody whacking Jesus and and all the chaos going on and she's over there and she's just calmly, but uh, I was like, no, I'm duct taping children to the scenery. But uh, um, she's, she's so calm, okay? All of us though are emotional beings. We're emotional creatures and we have a built-in need to sense love. Well, it's it's okay because the Bible tells us that love is the thing that is going to endure past all of these. And, and if you'll read right before that, he's talking about prophecies. He's talking about all, the, all these other things. And you realize even with the miracles that we've talked about here, and I pray continuously that these miracles are the norm in this place. That not just, and my preference is to grab a miracle during worship. That's my preference. But sometimes we got to have a little more of a scene because some people won't see it otherwise. God knows what he's doing. God will do his thing in his time, in his spot. And if he does everything secretly, then the word doesn't get out right. You look at the pattern of Jesus when he's walking here on the earth and he, he preached, he taught, and he healed. That's what he did. 
Everything he did was based on those three things except for his redemptive work at the very end. Those three things. He was on a mission, and his mission was to preach the kingdom of God was right here with him, okay? So of all of this stuff that goes on, though, the one thing that is going to endure forever, and that is love. It's interesting, isn't it? All right, so let's go to the plan then. Now, this sermon has two points. We're at point number two. Don't get excited. It's way longer than point number one, just the way this uh, um, outline works out. I take you all the way back to Genesis. It's the Garden of Eden. Eve is out gathering her dinner for her whole family, her and Adam. That, you know, there's no line at the grocery store. Nobody has to fight traffic. Just cruise on over to a tree. She wanders through the garden, picks a good tree. And as she's wandering through the garden to pick some fruit, she comes upon this tree that she's not supposed to eat of. And here's Satan. He's a serpent. He's climbed up in this tree and he's talking to her. A talking serpent should have been a clue. But she stops Cliff and she has this conversation with the devil himself. That's, that should be another clue. You shouldn't do that. You know, she gets the fruit. She takes it to Adam. Adam eats the fruit. She eats the fruit. And, and then God makes his regular evening visit in the cool of the evening. He comes down, and he calls, and Adam and Eve are hiding, and he, fi he finds them. Of course, you know God will always find you. No matter how far you run or how well you try to hide, God will always find you. I like to say it like this, Cliff. He hunts you down like a rabid animal, okay, because God wants us to be reconciled and in right position with him because he loves us, because he loves us. Remember, remember in Corinthians it says, we're talking, talking about love. Uh, one of the things it says about love, love always um, what thinks the best. Is that how it says? That's a paraphrase. How can God love me even when I'm running away from him? But there's not a one of us in the room that was not found in that position. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us while we were God's enemies, he loved us so much he sent his only begotten son to die for us. That's why his writers can write down things like this. Pray for those who are against you. I'll pray all right. And the disciples tried this one out. I'm going to remember James and John, they were called the sons of thunder for a reason. They talked and they thundered, but they wanted to call down lightning out of heaven on people. I've had a few of those in my life. How about you? Some of y'all sitting back there, no, I have never in my life. Come on, you've got that boss that irritates you, the neighbor whose dog keeps up. Our neighbor's dog kept coming over and leaving us a quote-unquote package on our porch. I was not, <laughs> and I'm not talking something tied with a bow from Amazon. It's a dog. You do the math. I was not pleased. I wanted to call down lightning out of heaven. I wanted him to destroy the dog and all the trailer park next door. I probably shouldn't have said that. It's on tape. You might have to edit this clip there. I'm supposing that most of you, like me, there's one of those moments in life. But, but the instruction is for us to pray for those who are standing in opposition against us. Man. You know, we've got this little thing going with some of the Democrats right now, right? 
the governor of Virginia, and according to him, he was totally misunderstood. But anytime you talk about it being okay to take a child who is the day of birth or even right after birth and to take that child's life, that is in, in so much opposition against God's plan for us. I, I have a hard time not having hard feelings for, for him and for those who believe that. But the Bible instructs us to do the same thing, is to love them so much that I'm going to pray for them. The only thing that is going to change their hearts and change their minds is God. You can argue all you want. You can debate them all you want. It is not going to matter what science says. Their mind is darkened spiritually, and they're not going to get it unless Holy Spirit comes and opens the blinders that have been put upon their eyes. So if you want our world to be different, your job is to going to have to be not just spare, spread the good news that God loves us, but also pray for those who are misguided by it. We have, if there's anything that we have seen over these last three or four weeks is that prayer changes lives. So why do we stop since the fast is over? We can't. We cannot afford to let our foot up off of the gas pedal right now. Now is the time to shift it into high gear and keep this, this, this vehicle moving because lives are being changed. Opportunities are being opened up right and left because of what God is doing here. Opportunities are, are being opened up for us to, to take this witness out there so that somebody can be curious enough to approach God. It's that simple. So God finds Adam and Eve. Why are you hiding? He said, because I was naked. How did you know you're naked? He said, well, and he had to confess to God. It's not how it was ever supposed to be. So he turns to the serpent, verse number 14 and 15 out of Genesis chapter 3, to the serpent, God says, because you've done this, you're cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. You shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put, there's an important part right here, verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Listen to this, this last line. This, this, this is where we're headed today. I will, he shall bruise your head, that's the seed of the woman, will bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Okay? Now, the seed of the woman is going to be Jesus. Thank you. Okay, that's who we're tracking. From Genesis chapter number 3, verse 15, we're going to, the Bible is going to, through the whole Old Testament, the Bible is going to track the seed of woman all the way to the cross at Calvary, Golgotha. And then from there, the New Testament is going to track the seed all the way over to the book of Revelation. So from literally from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, we're going to track the, the seed of woman because Jesus was born, born of man. It had to be that way. God so loved us that he sent his only begotten son. He was born just like us, okay? He is the son of God because uh, Joseph's not Jesus' daddy. You, get, you understand that part. So we're going we're gonna to track this. Now, hold that thought. 
Let me show you another piece of the plan because this, this little picture here is not given to us accidentally. It's given to us to help us understand. John is going to help us understand who Jesus is, was, and is. John chapter 15, verse number 13. Greater love had no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. There's friends. Now, in the rest of us world, we understand that. That's, that's, real, that's love. I honor the, 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 our military, those that, that put their lives in danger, our, our uh, um, first responders, and according to the officers, the second responders would be the fire department, right? Isn't that how it goes? I think there's a little rivalry going on there, something like that. And uh, just like there is in the different branches of the military, <coughs> And we have first responders, second responders, last responders, and the guys who sleep all day. Those kind of, I get it, I get it, I get all the jokes and stuff. But I honor them because they're putting their life on the line for me to make my, my home, my city, the streets where I live, a safer place to be. They put themselves in danger all the time. There's no greater love than this, but not just us. God, John is talking about someone else who, because of love, laid down his life for us. Once again, the seed of woman, Jesus. Let me now jet back over to Isaiah for just a few moments. I, I, we're we're going to get there. I just want to show you how cool God is and how much he loves you. Real quick, through Scripture. Chapter number 53 of Isaiah, beginning of verse number 1. Who has believed our report in whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed? For he shall grow up. He's talking about Jesus, by the way. This whole chapter is prophecy about the Messiah. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground, for he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, I've underlined some of these on the, uh, on the board because uh, um, it'll just help you focus on what, what I'm specifically talking about today. He is despised and rejected by men. Yes, just talking about Jesus. Man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Now, hang on just a second, because God here, the prophet Isaiah is talking about all of us. He's speaking to Israel, but he's talking to us. These words echo down to us. We are the ones who hid our faces from God. We are the ones who thought, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's the Messiah guy. It wasn't just the, the, the Jewish leadership. It wasn't just all those other people, but he's talking to us also. They didn't believe who he was. They wouldn't carry on with who he was. That's the problem that they got themselves into over and over and over again. But this is all the way in Isaiah's prophecy, way over in the middle of the Old Testament, and he's talking about something that's going to happen in what we have written down as the New Testament. This is hundreds of years before Jesus ever shows up. And he's, he's lining us up to say, look, people didn't get it. They didn't believe him. They rejected him. But look what he says. Surely he has borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. This is, the, this is the key, and this is the one that echoes all the way back to Genesis 3.15. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Now look at this. And he was bruised for our iniquities. If you go back to what the, the curse that was given to the serpent in the Garden of Eden, it says that he is going to be bruised Okay, the heel of the seed of woman is going to be bruised in the process of crushing the head of Satan. 
And so here Isaiah is talking about this exact same thing. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised. He was beaten and crushed. He was pierced. The, the word wounded right there literally means pierced. If you remember the story of the crucifixion, there was a time when Jesus was pierced. And, and when the word that is bruised literally means crushed. He was beaten to the place that he was barely recognizable even by those who knew him. But more than that, he was crushed under the weight of our sin because what he just said in verse 4, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. He's talking about our sins. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. What is Jesus? What did he come to do? He came to redeem us and reconcile us to God. But as a byproduct, in order that we can believe, he added in healing. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to provide that for us. Let me finish reading this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've sinned, or excuse me, we've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Let me take you back to John now. Because John 3.16 is this incredibly familiar verse to us. But look at the next verse, 3.17. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I just wrote this out. I'm going to read this statement, but go ahead, uh, Ty, and throw that last statement up on there. We simply deserve to be judged, convicted, condemned, sentenced, and punished. But God, who is rich in mercy, did not condemn, but made the way to redemption. The love of God is something that we talk about so much, and yet I do not believe we really firmly um, grip it as tight as it needs to be gripped. God's love for us did not start at Calvary. It didn't start when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It started before he spun this whole world into existence. And he protected the seed... He protected Jesus Christ. He had to come through this certain channel, and it started in the Garden of Eden, and there is a plan, and the plan was to bruise Jesus Christ because he knew that God knew that our sins were going to have to be borne by somebody, and we don't qualify. Just like when Jesus was being crucified, there was no high priest that was qualified to be high priest because he had broken the law. So that as, as Jesus is being crucified, this Passover lamb is being sacrificed, that is all null and void because the high priest is not qualified to be the high priest anymore. And across that valley, hanging on a cross, Jesus looks up to his father, and he's remembering all the way back to the garden events. We're hanging on the cross. And all of those hours in that process, the beating, the whipping, the crown, the, the taking of the robes, the gambling for the robes, 
all bring him on to these seven phrases that he says on the cross, and I'm just, just for one today. He looks up at his father and says, it's finished. It's done. What's done? God loves you so much. So much. Mel, would you come and play something, man? He loves you so much that he's not willing to leave you dangling out there all by yourself. But his stated will is that every single one of us not just get redeemed, but stay redeemed. That's what this is about. We, we celebrate as a nation, we celebrate this Valentine's Day with, with chocolates and little red hearts and, and these, these cute little love poems. But it didn't start with some entrepreneur wanting to sell some chocolate. It started when God said, let's make man in our image. And before he even breathed life into you, before he even started mankind into existence, he already loved you so much that he had already set the plan in motion for Jesus to die for us, to be bruised, to be crushed. And in the process, crush the head of Satan, taking the right and privilege to death, hell, and the grave so that we don't have to. We deserved judgment, but God brought to us redemption through his son. Would you bow your heads? Father, right now, Lord, as we consider the intricate plan that brought your love to us, Father, we have this, this argument inside of ourselves that how, how you could ever love us so much with, with all we've done against you. I, I've, I've, heard all, I've heard all those arguments. How could you ever love us, oh God, when, when, when we made all of those promises to you and we, we turned away from them? How could you ever love us that much? And Father, we, we don't know how to love to that extent. We don't know how to forgive someone who has made a wrong against us that, that, that's so simple. And yet, Father, while we were your enemies, your word tells us Jesus died for us. Father, today we, we fall into two categories, and that is we fall into the category of, of the redeemed or the not redeemed. Father, if we're in that category of the not redeemed, Lord, we ask, very simple, save us today. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all of that unrighteousness inside of me and make me whole and pure and holy again. Father, for those of us who are the redeemed, Father, I just simply ask that you would help us to understand the depth of your love. Father, it's... It's so wide, it's so high, it's so deep. 
so long, oh God, that it's, it, it defies our, our human brain to comprehend. We're going to need help, oh Lord. Father, you, you love us so much that, that you will not just heal our aches and pains, but Jesus allowed allowed those soldiers to take those those whips with with the stone and, and bone. 39 times laid across his back as it, as it wrapped around his, his ribs and it, it tore off chunks of his flesh. At any time, we understand, God, that he could have called legions of angels to come and deliver him and bring healing to his body. But instead of healing, Lord, he took it. He took it so that our aches and pains could be healed. But not just our physical aches and pains, oh God. That whole process he went through was so that our hearts could be healed before you. Today, oh God, heal our hearts. Father, just as we have seen the miracles around these altars in, in these last few weeks, today I pray, oh God, that you would heal our hearts. Today, God, we confess our dependence upon you. I ask, God, that you would make us different. Make me different today, oh God. Help me to understand your love. Just in these next couple of moments, just as we're here in the sanctuary, I'm going to ask you to, to just focus in upon your love relationship with God. Ask him to show you where, where it needs improvement and, and what you can do to improve that. And ask him to show you just exactly how much he does love you. To remove the doubt. We're focusing on believing this year. Remove Just as we have removed doubt for healing, so we remove doubt. Why Jesus would ever love us so much. Why God could ever love us that much that literally all through history we are able to trace his love for us. Take a couple of moments right where you are. Just have a conversation with God about his love for you. I'll conclude our service with prayer here in just a couple of moments. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support our church or ministries, visit our website, churchatwellington.com. Click on the donate tab and select the method that works best for you. Again, thanks for listening.